initial aim of um, doing a retreat, group retreat, is to clear some space. <coughs> I just get uh, quite busy and moving along, sometimes driven along. We're not, we're not certain if we're really in charge of it. You know, any kind of actions and impulses and uh, things that we're doing involved with um, become very powerful. Uh, we always need to find a way of just checking, getting in balance. Clearing some space. Mm. In conventional terms, it's not, we often talk about the beginning of practice being taking refuge. Mm. And uh, feature of refuge is it's a safe space, a place where you feel settled and um, you, you're, you're moving out of the uh, praise and blame and gain and loss winds into somewhere that's safe and uh, spacious. You can feel peaceful there. Conventionally it's defined by Buddha, the awakened, Dhamma, the teaching, Sangha, community, or the manifest, the human community as it manifests. So awaken doesn't necessarily, you can't see it, doesn't manifest. Dhamma is teachings, you know, the verbal teachings, but the uh, Sangha is the sense of using the manifestation human manifestations are something to take refuge in. So it's really helpful when we all gather together and we're committed to a certain mode of precepts and behavior that um, means we feel safe and comfortable and uh, the space, it's a friendly space. It's a, not an unfriendly, you know, get out of my way, leave me alone space, but uh, uh, I'm fine. Um, now it's time to be quiet and trusting the quality of that offering or that just being uh, quiet with each other. So we do pick up a lot from from other human beings, consciously, unconsciously, subliminally, perceptually, what other people are doing profoundly affects us. We somehow get modelled on other people. So it's, uh, it's to be able to sit together and uh, be with the stillness, the uprightness, the sense of endeavour. It definitely has an effect. In his teaching, it's not 
um, proper to talk about the mind without talking about the body. We can't we talk about the body without talking about thought processes. So these three um, areas, the mind is really the where we have our assumptions, convictions, moods, inspirations, aspirations, the affective sense. We feel uplifted, depressed, compressed, contracted or bright or open. This is the mind or heart. Mm, that's not the same as the thinking. It's more, more mood, mood area. Thinking, uh, and is that which kind of brings up concepts, defines things. The body is this sense of this, uh, what we detect when we uh, turn to our physical experience. The tingling, the throbbing, the pulsing, the solidity, these simple elemental qualities. So though one level these seem to be very three different different qualities, actually in terms of what one really experiences immediately, they're all three forms of energies that you can experience. You can experience the swirling or the dampness or the openness or the brightening of mind. You can experience the buzz of thought or the caring of thought or the specific definition of thought, you can feel thoughts being manifested and you can feel the uh, body energies, the sensations and the pulses. So the, these three and these three affect each other. So when you feel very um, excited, then there's a certain rush in the body and the thought thinking processes move very quickly. When you feel depressed, there's another kind of set of bodily experiences. The heart feels another way and the thinking process shifts and changes. So when we work with the clearing space, uh, you, it's important to recognize you, you're clearing all the whole lot, the bodily residues, the verbal or thought residues and the emotive, the mood, um, the mindset residues. And meditation means um, through referring to these spaces, recognizing that if you attend to your to your bodily experience, you'll actually be you'll actually be attending to your emotional experience and also to how you think. If you if you're careful and attend to how you think, it definitely affects your bodily experience and your emotional experience. If you're attentive to your moods. And mindsets and attitudes, then that will affect your your bodily experience. All three go together. <clears throat> we generally use uh, mindfulness of body as a as a basis because there's a lot less uh, proliferation around it. When you normally when we go to our moods, we find ourselves reacting to them. Or identifying with them or thinking about them. Mm. You know, why am I in this state? Why did I snap out of it? Well, you know, it becomes me. Um, we go to our thinking, 
it's very difficult to just attend to thinking without thinking about it or feeling irritated by it or delighted by it. Brilliant ideas, fascinating plans, things I've got to do, urgent things I've really got to get on with, things I wish I hadn't done, nagging thoughts going on. So it it easily turns into another, a kind of um, psychodrama whereby one's running around in circles after the thoughts or the heart is getting stirred up by the thoughts. But if you go to the body, it seems a little more possible to directly attend to the bodily sense, sensations and feelings and deliberately steady, simplify, calm, brighten, massage them and you get corresponding effects in the heart and in the thinking process in mind that your thinking process calms down becomes simpler, more direct, more immediate Um, mind state becomes much more open, alert, malleable so to really encourage that uh, cultivation this is why refraining from uh, speaking so that one is very aware because the speaking faculty is directly connected to the thought faculty so we're very clear and aware noticing the thoughts rather than just presenting them and most thoughts uh, uh, arise from a heart base mm-hmm. that is we're feeling a bit nervous or worried and therefore thoughts come up and then we bring them out and express them so when one keeps silence in a way it's to encourage to be more meticulous about thoughts and to be aware of them but also it means that a lot of the um, ways in which we normally take the pressure off the energy kind of blow the energy out of thinking and moods is actually uh, stopped so there's a certain, there can be a certain bottling up or pressurizing. You find, find that the thinking and the moods seem very, can be very intense. Um, and when they're intense and we get mesmerized by them, the quality of attention we give to that in, intensifies them. So wherever you put your attention, that will in, increase the contact impression. You know, so, wherever, so wherever you put re- your attention, that becomes the dominant experience and therefore the, the sense of the impression of that becomes much more intense. This works both ways, doesn't it? So you know, if we attend to a, a meditation sign, a meditation object, even something fairly subtle like breathing, it can become something that, that dominates uh, and you can use it for samadhi. You take a particular local momentary experience and just keep going to it, and it, it can become a, um, a whole realm that you can sit in or dwell in or be stabilized by. Um, but when, when one's not, uh, hasn't got the grip of it, then it can go the other way, and you, one finds oneself completely engulfed in a world of, of a of a thought or a worry or a concern or an irritation or a longing you know it suddenly becomes a whole universe with all its passions and uh, intensities so it goes goes both ways it's a, 
attention and contact affect each other attention and impression affect each other so you know first step is to be is to it's probably just to lighten up the impressions lighten up contact so that we directly attune to things with more space Mm. more space and in that sense of space as we attend to that and pick that up that becomes something that's open that we can feel a refuge in we can breathe out in we can dispel or we can let some of these tangled energies unravel in that space can be um, experienced as either auditory space which is silence visual space or in tactile space tactile space is the sense of openness tactile sense of openness so you know when something's resting on your back and pressing you and then you know when it's not you know know, so when it's not there that's tactile space you could say that's like an open hand normally we don't bother with that we we don't attend to it we attend to something that's pressing or touching or hot or sharp we don't attend to something that just feels open and clear and free we don't tend to notice the silence that much um, as you meditate nor the sounds when you, we open our eyes there are, we notice the forms rather than the space so it's a particular kind of just an inclination to note that's the first inclination to we, to develop the, the, the sense of space is to, to note where it is and there's a, an attuning of attention that's required you turn, you note, you attune and this is really just kind of like moment at a time attuning to it even the pauses between the words little, little milligrams of space kind of small bits of it the openness of the palms of your hands or feeling what's in front of your chest when you sit and sometimes when you you come up to to sensing the whole body and sensing the from the out to the periphery in the skin you you make you note there's nothing pressing on me there's a lot of space up above my head you feel it, your body somehow, something can actually relax and one begins to recognize a lot of the time that the body, we live in a slightly contracted bodily state this is because the body, mind and emotions are all connected so when we are emotionally under pressure or conceptually busy it has an effect on the body and the body contracts you know, it tightens up. You know, so when you one prepares to get the idea of doing something, or something to do, you can feel yourself harden up and tighten up. Body tightens and hardens, so, so, and then it stays like that. Um, you know, when one's angry or upset, 
you don't, your body tightens and hardens and sometimes it isn't for a while later that you finally oh breathe out and you drop drop your shoulders and well it comes off and that's that's uh, say a very obvious and example of that and perhaps at any particular time we're not carrying a huge amount but there's sort of bits that we're still carrying some sense of burden or pressure or push or harden up or wrangle or prove or butt in or hold my ground and these kind of minimal impressions still leave their traces in the body so it doesn't really feel a uh, sense of bodily well-being body feels slightly numb or contracted and the mind is buzzy the heart is not settled and the mind and the thinking mind is buzzing because it's not comfortable so to, to, to go to this, the signs of space, auditory, visual or tactile, it's almost like to take the lid off the pressure cooker of life, breathe out and feel you know, something, you're know, dropping some of that uh, tightness, that impactedness, that busyness. So when we sit in meditation, I'd recommend and encourage uh, something that I practice myself is just first of all to sweep around the area I'm sitting in and consciously acknowledge, you know, behind me is okay, there's nothing there. In front of me is fine, there's plenty of room. Above my head, plenty of space. There's a solid ground beneath me. Everything, all the space around me is either yielding and open or supportive. Um, not just intellectually, but to get the, the very nerves in the skin to kind of open up and unfold. What actually is in front of the, is anything around my throat or anything around my chest? And it may be feel a certain tightness there or a certain tightness in the in the abdomen focusing on that and um, noticing space so that the tightness can unfold into the space sometimes the in the body rhythm really helps when we get tightened up we also freeze your breath, one's breath becomes more restricted. Um, there's a freezing, a solidifying. You get tight, the eyes tighten up, the, the cheeks become more tight. There's a rigidity in the torso. It's, it's not that rock solid, but it's, it's not loose either. And it's so, uh, then breathing is a fundamental mainstream uh, theme, a meditation theme, just to feel something rhythmic happening that can you can breathe out. 
Oh, you can breathe in and get some air. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can breathe in as much as you like, breathe out as much as you like. And uh, that helps to loosen up some of the, the tightness in the body. Mental attitude is very significant because that's the heart, that's chitta. So if your mental attitude is hard and tight and forceful, then that's the bodily experience you have. <laughs> you know, so, so if we make meditation to something that's, right, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to do this for another two hours and it's going to be two weeks of slogging away and I've got to focus on this. And then the tightening, if that's done from an attitude that's tight and hard, that's what one experiences. And your bo- one's body then also becomes, has that same feeling to it. So one of the, you know, twisted ironies is that, that for example, mindfulness of breathing is supposed to be a relaxation technique <laughs> to make you feel good, becomes uh, something that's, that can feel very tight and hard. You're trying to make it work and get on top of it and get that one-pointedness going. And then it actually, the breathing begins to go strange. You know, your body find it, the breathing itself doesn't happen for everybody, but a lot of people find they just get very uh, compressed, pressurized and desperate with it. And then you actually want to take a breather from all this breathing. Get some space, you know, the iron, that's what you're supposed to be. <laughs> you're supposed to be just having a breather. So attitude is very important. So we create attitudes like unwavering mindfulness or, uh, you know, things that they've got this, whatever the words are saying, you know, and of course unwavering mindfulness is great, but it's, it's whatever the words, the, the mood behind it, the you've got to, you mustn't fail, this is going to be hard, all those kind of moods that lie behind the thoughts, they, they have their effects. Remember, Ajahn Sumedho, when he used to teach mindfulness of breathing, he'd say, he, his phrase would be, having all the time in the world to have one out-breath. Having all the time in the world to just take one out-breath. So using a verbal construction like that to help one to just breathe out you know, and be with it in a, in a way that was allowing and, and peaceful and non-pressurized. Yeah. So whatever the verbal constructions are, it, it's, it's the attitude. Yeah. You get verbal, thinking, emotional, attitudinal, that's the heart, and bodily. That's, and the three will always um, correspond and symbiotic. But you know that so it's a it's an offering. Rhythm is is something that that steady rhythm makes us feel calmer. We feel slightly like rocked and held by something that's soothing and, and happens by itself. It can be, of course, that you know, one, for whatever reasons. Disposition isn't um, 
finds it difficult to attune to in the body, so we might just begin going over the surfaces of the body and feeling the sense of space, noticing where, where one feels held and uh, shoulders, neck, top of the chest. This is a very one area that can be extremely held. Uh, so you, you, you feel kind of tight around there. And then just going, going to this zone of the body's band across the shoulders and the top of the chest and letting it swell with the breathing, opening it out as if you're taking armor off, you know, taking the weight off the back, noting, attending to that, and then you know, lingering in it you know, so that one first attends or notes, notices a particular area, you linger in it, and then you, you work it, which means um, applying skillful means, soothing means probably, spacious means. Uh, if we need to um, come out of a tight or busy state, then the means will be that which corresponds to that. You know, all the time in the world to just feel my left shoulder blade and if one's mindset, as, as for many people is, is conditioned into being on the go, fixing it, doing it, making it work, getting results, then to shift that mindset into not fixing it, not getting results, just being present with it in an open, yielding way. That, that generates space, that attitude. Exploring the body, bodily sense, can the arms hang a little looser, as if they're stretching out of the sockets? Can they, it helps the, the chest to lighten up. Lifting through the spine, so we're aware of the space above us and we feel rather like a, a way that a flower will flower moves upwards and opens as if the crown of the head is some like a flowers petals of a flower just can receive the space and you instead of being pressed down if you're rising up the spine are the arms pressed against the side of the body or is that sense of them is there uh, a sense of space around the chest. Can the, when you breathe it in and out, can the abdominal wall, is that allowed to, to flex, loosen? Can your belly come, expand completely? 
or is there a slight gripping in the diaphragm? So being having the quality of noting, picking up the meaning of something, working it, tending to it. So we can then dwell, dwell in that. We might have a few moments, a few seconds, when things feel relatively calm, or and then another flurry comes up. Flurry of mood, sensations, and everything seems to tighten up or get busy again. So that you notice the pattern. Always swooning, drowsy. Okay. So then notice where the brightness is or the steadiness is. Attend to that. Also, visual space. So um, letting the eyes be open, half open. So the the visual world, which can be uh, present distractions, can pull us in. If we attend to the sign of space in the visual world, then that visual consciousness becomes an asset. Mm. Uh, so having the eyes open to meditate with the eyes open, you can develop skills because you when recognize if the eyes are. St- held steady without being tight it, it stills the thinking process if the gaze is kept open rather than pointing on particular details it, uh, quite, it makes the attention softer and uh, contact impressions are, are no longer so intense so things tend to calm down with a spacious, soft gaze, things tend to calm, become quieter. So one can then use just the, even the experience of visual consciousness as something that we get the, the sign of space. And then there's the sound. Listening to the sound of silence. Bodily postures, sitting, standing, walking, um, reclining. So when we do group practice, we do standing, sitting, walking. Practice on your own is a synonym for reclining. So, um, 
just to, to bear in mind you do have these different possibilities uh, sometimes uh, standing I find very helpful for uh, opening particularly the uh, ab- abdominal region the whole front of the body when, you, when one sits there's a kind of um, certain pressure that occurs in the torso weight of the body being um, transferred and a certain kind of holding whereas when you when you're standing and using the letting your weight go down through the feet it does allow the torso to be a lot looser a lot more open you can actually just focus on the whole span of sensation from the face on down and let yourself uh, stand and feel held by the earth underneath as if you're just like um, suspended Mm. then the slight postural um, effects of sitting, particularly if one's sitting posture isn't, isn't that balanced so you get a sense of weight in your shoulders or a slight pressure in your in your abdomen from the body kind of folding up um, all that can be freed up and walking walking as if you're walking through space which you are mm. but more than not just doing it but also noticing it so you notice as you as if you've got uh, feelers whiskers coming out of the skin like cat's whiskers as you walk along you can feel through those whiskers the unobstructed non-intrusive presence of space it's not as nothing so you, you're going to you know, you're in a void but you're actually what, what is around you as you walk along is non-intrusive, non-obstructive it continually opens up you can keep moving and the rhythm of walking so the sense of rhythmic movement flowing, openness these uh, I find also conducive to to settling in the body and to experiencing space so whichever posture we use to note, attend to work or massage or enjoy um, the qualities that are there and you using that quality to clean or to alleviate what's uh, stressful and dwelling for the moments or the minutes or the periods when there seems to be freeing up experience tells me that it's it's momentary at first particularly because it's rather like a um, vacuum cleaner as you create some space then what happens is the residues of, of things kind of come up stuff that's normally been pressed down by uh, the new flow of events or the torrent of incoming sensations and thoughts 
old stuff is just pressed down by that. When you begin to um, restrain or new new impulses, new activities, and the old stuff gets room to to come up, so you, you get the residues of uh, something one doesn't really understand. It's just dullness, restlessness, feeling of grumpiness, um, loneliness, uh, agitations, it's kind of washing up. And every one of them is velcroed. They, they've got hooks on them, so that when they come up, something you go, oh no, what's going to stop this? Oh, what's happening? Or either one wants to follow them or wants them to, or, or reacts to them. And this is where the, the space is so important to a place where it can just blow out, where the stuff can just be unloaded. Mm. And of course, that's a that's a heart experience. But in order for the heart to detect that, then you provide these, you know, bodily references. So the heart picks up the body reference of space and begins to internalize that. So you feel a spacious heart state, and that, that's where that stuff can be um, cleaned out or seen in perspective. You know. so a good amount of stuff is just blowing away the cobwebs, and there might be one or two pieces there that really have got quite a lot, and you need to hold them and let them speak and say what they need to say and you know, learn something from them.